Episode 38, Season 3 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Hello there. And host of the first time, long time podcast, Aaron Wolf from Boston. Hello. Hi, gents. Right. Um, a lot of this podcast will be dominated by... Um, by final game at White Hart Lane um, and the events and 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 what it meant to to both of you guys um, when we've got a few questions around that um, but I'm going to begin with talking about the game um, as we normally do on the, on the podcast um, if I come to you first David um, how do you look back on that performance yesterday against Manchester United final home game of the season another win yeah, I mean, it's a, it was such a must-win game. Um, and I sense the players were a little nervous to start off with, but, of course, we scored early, which was ideal. I, I think it could have been very difficult if we hadn't scored that early. Um, it was so much... It was equivalent to a cup final. We couldn't not win against Manchester United in the last game of the lane. The pressure was really on. But yeah, I, I tell you what... Even though United did rest one or two players, and I noticed midweek, I thought they rested a couple of players for this game, maybe with Matter and maybe Rooney. But uh, he wasn't coming here to roll over. He was going to come to uh, the lane to um, try and spoil the party. And I, and I think we did a, I think we did a fine job. Um, I, uh, he brought Rashford on towards the end, and then played the long ball and uh, made it um, a bit tricky for us. So. Uh, Great result. I, I just think it's a great result. It, it was a fitting tribute to the end. Absolutely. Aaron? Yeah, I think that's perfectly said. It's very hard to separate the events of during the game from the events of the whole day. Um, there wasn't very much to play for except for the glory and except for the, the, the narrative of what the day meant to everybody. And... Um, and with that said, despite all of the kind of talk of Pochettino's sides folding when there's nothing to play for and end of the season getting tired, I thought we looked bright and, and dangerous and exciting. Um, we, we outclassed United and a, a weakened United side, but we, we, we outclassed them almost in every single department. Um, at one point, one of the pundits said, that our front four have scored seven more goals than the entire United squad. I mean, it, it just, it's sort of astonishing. We, we, the result on Sunday was indicative of how far we've come, how incredible a season it's been, and it was absolutely the perfect game um, to, to win and the perfect game to play for the last game at the old stadium and on a perfect occasion um, yeah I think if you if you look at the performance and, and if we're, we're able for a minute to separate the occasion 
and the emotion. Because I, I was worried. There were two things going into that match. Three things, in fact, that worried me. One, would we play the occasion? Two, Mourinho's teams can be difficult. They can come and spoil the party. Um, and yep. three, most of all, on the back of losing at West Ham, um, and I felt, you know, when, when, when West Ham scores their... When, when, when West Ham scored um, we I felt their heads dropped at that point and it felt a bit like last season and we, we bounced back um, and we didn't play the occasion um, we certainly played a, a performance we, we, we put out a performance which was fitting off the occasion but yeah it was indicative of everything we've done this season it was Tottenham at its very best I felt it was right from very early on, we were pressing up high up the pitch. We weren't giving any of their um, back four any 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 time on the ball. Um, it was us at our very best, and I think when when we do that, whether it's at White Hart Lane, I know we're getting a bit caught up in this whole um, a record this season, and 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 the fact that it's been impressive, and and the concerns about next season playing at Wembley. For me, it doesn't matter where we play because. We've done this away from home, not so much this season, although recently we have, but we did it a lot last season. You can put us anywhere, in any pitch, in any stadium, uh, maybe Wembley aside, but we'll have to learn how to how to deal with that. And when we play at our very best, and when, we, when we're on the front foot, I don't think there's any teams that can cope with us. The only teams, I know D- David, you, you've mentioned this, the only teams that really have ever countered that this season have been... Cl- um, City at the Etihad, and and Klopp's Liverpool team. So I think no, no doubt Klopp every time. Yeah, every time. Um, but yeah, it was a superb performance. Um, what I will say is that if if you look back, we had four London derbies on the trot coming into Manchester United, and that's tough going. And then you're asking us to a. a, a get it right on the day against Manchester United for our last game we didn't shy away from it we, we, we turned up and we, we gave them a game um, pretty proud of them actually and uh, when we lost to West Ham I thought well crikey we've been on the back of three London derbies coming into this it's no surprise we bounced back uh, I, I think it's a tremendous result yeah I, I, I really I, it was it was it was fantastic and, and to see to see some of the boys kind of you could see their nerves at the beginning of the game, but to see the to see them sort of grow into the game and settle in, um, and despite Josie's negative <coughs> tactics and despite the spoiling that was absolutely um, what he was trying to do, there there was real moments of absolute joy. This, I mean, the, I mean, it's not surprise, right? At this point, are we surprised at all when when they when we play beautiful, flowing, um, progressive football? But uh, things that that really stuck out to me, I thought. Um, Dembele, uh, sorry, uh, Wenyama's header was tremendous. I, I don't, like, I don't know if you've seen the the, the replays if you were there, but the, just you know to see his body uncoil on that ball, it was a, a work of art. And it and overall, I thought he had an, a, a great game. And I it, I, it, 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 I noticed it seems as though he's starting to grow into almost the Dembele role. He seems to be learning from watching Dembele and playing alongside Dembele this season. He's starting to 
move the ball between the lines a little bit more. He's starting to move forward a little bit more, and he's putting himself in very, very, very dangerous positions. It's, as we've said over and over and over again, this team is just a joy to watch, and every single player now is just uh, a pleasure to watch. And even Davis was making these incredible, lovely little cutting-in runs off the ball, coming inside <coughs> to suck defenders in. It was, it was just, I'm gushing, but uh, as I always do, but it was really, really an amazing game of football, despite the, the pomp and circumstance of the day as well, you know. Interesting about Wanyama, he scored the very first goal at White Hart Lane this season, when, when we played Crystal Palace oh. in the second match. Um, and, and he was on the score sheet again in the, in the final game of, at, at White Hart Lane. And, um, and obviously Kane, fitting that Harry Kane, one of our own, got the winner. Um, on Wanyama, interesting that I, I think most people regard him as a very good signing, somebody that, that strengthened Strenford the squad. I know there are some that might criticise Wanyama and think that he's that he's very, I don't know, industrious in what he does and, 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 and fairly basic and, and uh, that sort of thing. I think with Wanyama, his, his, he goes about his business in an unassuming way. It, it's quite often doesn't get noticed. But with any Pochettino player, I would argue, with any good player, um, the ones that haven't worked out um, are moved on quickly. But with any player, or even the ones that he's inherited... The key thing is, he develops them. Now, Wanyama was a player he had at Southampton, so he knows about Wanyama, um, and Wanyama's also got Premier League experience. So I suppose it helped that um, when we signed Wanyama, firstly, he wasn't involved in the Euros, so he could start pre-season training early. Secondly, he had the Premier League experience, and thirdly, he he knew what Pochettino was, was about. So, so that all helped him hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. But he's also once again reunited with Mauricio and his career isn't standing still. Mauricio is helping him as he helps all the players develop their game um, and and he's playing with, with, with good players and, that, and that's rubbing off. Um, Trippier started again, had a very good game. Um, I know we, we discussed this on, on previous podcasts but are either of you concerned I, I, that, that his days at White Hart Lane might, might, might be numbered? I know I was a little bit more optimistic in the previous pods about, about the situation. And, but I, I, There's nothing in the... Um, nobody's denying that there's an issue here that Manchester City are interested. All the media are talking about it. It's all about on television. Um, I, think, I think there's a lot in it. Uh, the only... Uh, possibility is that um, Levy will just hold his contract in front of him and say, look, lad, you signed this and you're staying. Um, but ultimately, uh, I th- think his head's been turned. I'm, I'm certain it'll be a double your money. That's the only thing that Spurs not say can't offer, but won't offer. Um, and I think his head's turned. And, and honestly, if we've got 40 million offered, um, I think he'll be on his toes. Um, and I, I think he'll go. I think it's unreasonable really for us to believe that every Spurs player wants to play for Spurs because this is marvellous everything's going in the right direction it's only one problem it's the wages and so many clubs can offer at least double your money so that's that's the issue and I, and I think Walker's going to be the first one to, I do think he's going to be the first one to break ranks saying that 
I'm not going to break a sweat over it because I firmly believe that we've got a very good right back in Trippier to uh, replace him and I have no doubt that they'll go looking for another young right back I think they will go out and find one and as I've said before uh, um, I would go looking at Ajax um, I think they've got a good lot of youngsters they're in that final with Manchester United we'll get a good look at them I think one of the centre backs is only 17 uh, and I think Spurs will keep a good eye on him so will every other club of course but uh, that's where I think we'll go we've got other um, lads haven't we in our ranks from uh, the original Ajax yep. um, they've been a good feeder for us like Southampton and I think we'll go there again so I think I, I, I'm afraid I think he's going but um, I could, what do I know um, I, I just get that feeling yeah I think he's going I think <clears throat> I think if he's I think in the scenario that you laid out which is that Levy holds the contract or Levy plays hardball I think Potch I think at this point Potch has made it clear he's he's done um, I think he's broken the cardinal rule that, that he that at least from what we understand of Poch's mentality, which is you don't ask for a transfer, you don't ask for more playing time. And he apparently has asked for more playing time and was unhappy about being rotated in, the, in, in Europe. And it certainly looks like his head was turned. I think he'll go, um, and I also, I'm, I'm also not worried. Similarly, I think he's a, obviously the, the best, one of the best fullbacks He's the best fullback in the league, I think, and if he's if not one of the best in Europe. But I think an enormous amount of his progression came under Poch, and he was pacey, he was athletic, he was um, wonderful to watch for years. But it's only the last couple of years that that he's become um, an incredible, I'd say, a world class footballer. Um, and I, I think that's down to the the coach. And I think uh, Trippier is very classy. I think he's. He's growing into the into the position well. I think you're right. They'll find someone new, and I think finally that um, he's earned the right. I think he he stuck with the team for many 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 years, uh, put in a lot of work for for Tottenham, and um, it, he's uh, he must be the oldest. He must be in the team for the longest at this point, right? I mean, there's, there can't be anybody that's been there longer than him. I feel like he's he's deser- he's Earn the right to go and win and and make lots of money uh, in the last couple of years of his career, and I would wish him luck and would not be worrying about it personally. Yeah, I think him and Danny Rose. Although, uh, if you're talking about a regular, yeah, I think Rose broke into the team 2010, but didn't really establish himself until about 2013. Mm-hmm. Whereas uh, Walker 2011 pretty much broke into oh, the right. team and 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 and, and has been a regular since. Um, yeah. Um, anything else on, on yesterday? Question from Sam Moore or comment. How did we not win by four or five? <laughs> well, we, we go back to West Ham when they scored that ball rattling around. We had um, one that rattled around it. The post came out. I don't know what else it did, but um, very similar. Didn't go in. That's just the way the game goes, isn't it? It just um, Son was in. Um, I, I, I just my, my gut instinct immediately was he wasn't going to finish it. It's not the, the chance that Son likes. He likes to either bend him in the corner or a little tap in a very quick without thinking. He just doesn't like that little thing, bit of thinking time. And um, he blazed it straight, the keeper. That would have that, that could have really um, poured the goals on at that moment. So I think the fact that we never got away from United probably tightened us a little bit. Um, I, I, but, yeah, I don't care. 2-1. 
four one. I don't mind. I, I I will just add that um, everyone's talking about Rooney having the last goal at the lane. Replays clearly show Jan got the last touch on that one, so yeah. we can credit Jan for for the final for the final Actually, goal. Actually, it happened. was going wide as well. They said, "Oh, it's going in anyway," which is what the the, the um, ruling is. If it's going in, right. it doesn't matter who else it hits. But I think if you look at its direction. Actually, it was going to go wide. So yeah, I think it was Tonkin. <laughs> uh, I was right. Okay, so I was right behind the goal, and and my first instincts we, we it was Jan of a Tongan own goal. I saw what I saw was Jan turn the ball into the net. Oh, definitely. And then uh, I had a few messages during the game and afterwards or, um, from various people telling me, oh, it was a Rooney goal, or it had been credited on on Sky as a Rooney goal. I, I couldn't even remember his his involvement. I just all I remembered was was was, was Jan turning the ball in, in, into the net. I looked at it subsequently, and then I thought, oh, okay, I, I see the ball came in from the left hand side. Oh, that's where Rooney was. And on the real time, um, watching it in real time um, on on TV uh, in a replay as it were, um, it did look like Rooney, but then when I watched the slow motion, I could see what I saw instinctively at the time, which was it was a Jan, Jan goal. I guess Jan's got off the score sheet finally, and that's right. And and and, and a Spurs player has scored. Um, the, uh, the just a, a few comments on, on some of the players. Um, we we talked about Wanyama um, and. Uh, and the fullbacks, Davis in particular, you mentioned Aaron. I thought the centre backs they didn't have to have much to do, but I thought Toby and um, Jan made some good good interceptions. Jan um, bringing the ball forward was was very self assured and and started a few um, moves. I think he had a rampaging run at one point um, yeah. into in, into their area. And then the the thing that was really impressive, Ericsson, um the yeah. supporters club player of the season Ericsson, Ali, Kane and Son that front four you mentioned earlier all mm. of them playing all of them playing together well that's been for me a feature of us in these last 11 matches I'll include West Ham in that because it's 10 wins out, out of the last 11 league games that all of these front players have all been performing I know Kane wasn't involved in, in, in the first few few of those matches because of injury. All of them have been playing well. Not one individual playing well, another one being um, not, not being firing on all cylinders. And I cast my mind right to the beginning of the season, very early on, when we, we were winning matches, and then we went through that phase where we were drawing quite a lot. And even when we, when we were winning games then, we, didn't, we weren't really at the races. And I remember... Some of those players, Ericsson early on, Deli Ali not being at their peak, even Kane, um, and even when they did play well, it was like one of them would play well or two of them would play well, but the other the other two wouldn't. At the moment, we've got everybody firing on all cylinders, the whole team, but particularly the the the, the attacking players. And yeah, you can't. I don't think any opposition team in the Premier League can 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 counter that. People can talk about Chelsea and, and what they've achieved and, and so forth, but I still I still believe our strongest eleven is a match for anybody. Yeah, and just watching them play for each other, you know, that it's so corny, but it I just I, I feel I feel watching them like a like a teenager. I feel like the kind of kid who doesn't know yet. You know when you were like 
when I was like 10 years old, I thought like, oh, anyone that plays on any team, they must be from there, right? You like everybody that plays on Man United, they must be all from Manchester. And and it's just that's the logic of a little kid's brain. And you think like they're best friends. They do everything together. They're, they they're you know, they they all live in one big house and they're and they're and they, do, you know, they go out and um, get pizza together. Like, but watching this team as a 40 year old adult, I still somehow believe it. You know, I still somehow believe the way that they play together, the way that they, the way that they cheer each other on and, and, and know each other, at least in football in terms so well as to make it almost magic on the pitch at times. Uh, it looks like they're just enjoying their football all the time, all the time. And uh, you can't, you just can't say that about any other team in the league. What was quite good uh, yesterday was um, the first goal. Ericsson played a different ball rather than not uh, getting it over the near postman. Um, gave United something to think about. Uh, it was too late when they did think about it because it was already across Wanyama. Um, and the second one came from Ericsson. And that time he got his delivery right. It was a beautiful mm. delivery. Great yeah. finish. But Ericsson got two deliveries right. Now, I didn't say he has to cross it, but just taking it back to uh, Vertonga, wasn't it? Just knocking it out to him. Just changing the angle. Getting United thinking. I just like that when we do that, we just you can't keep doing the same thing because opposition will get comfortable with it. And uh, I think that was, I think it was another point where Pochettino just changes things a little bit and says, well, I'll give him something to think about. Give him something else. Give him something else. Uh, that, that flick on from Kane was also just ridiculous. Yeah. Just absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, how many goals is that? He, he must be close to to, to um, getting the golden boot. I think that's probably going to be on his mind with two matches left. Yeah. Um, final thing for me, um, just a slight digression. I was for my sins watching some of the Arsenal match on Saturday, mm. and um, I'm not. Um, there's no reason why, why I'm, I'm mentioning the, the, that, that it's Arsenal. It could have been anybody else, but. Um, I was watching them. I was watching them move the ball about, and, I mean, and it was just slow. It was pretty, you know, they, they they went to Stoke. They won the match. Um, you know, credit to them. They 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 got the result they needed. Um, they might still not finish top four, which is quite amusing. But anyway, um, but the way they were moving the ball about, it was slow. It was pedestrian, and I was just looking at that and contrasting it with with us. Um, mm-hmm. it, as I said, it's nothing to do with the fact I'm not being biased or, or the fact that it was Arsenal. It could have, could have been somebody else. Um, it could be any one of the other top six or seven sides. But the way they move the ball about, and I looked at the way we moved the ball about yesterday, um, not just the fact that we're at the front foot and pressing all the time, but but moving it about quickly and with a purpose. And then, you know, sometimes switching switching player. I know fans get frustrated when, 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 when players pass square and, and they, they don't look for that forward pass all I would say is sometimes that option isn't there and you have to sometimes switch switch the ball from side to side and work that opening and and we do that we do that very well um, and and it's joy to watch yeah yeah uh, two things Kane is two goals off Lukaku for uh, for the golden boot what uh, he's got 24 and Kane's got 22 mm-hmm. um, the other thing is um, were either of you guys sort of relieved that the title race was over? Oh, there was game? a definite relief. Yeah, 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 definite, definite relief. Yeah, you don't have to. Worry. Don't worry about any of the games coming up now. So, 
yeah. we've got second nailed on, so I, I just don't have to go through that stress anymore or that belief if there's just that 4% chance that we could win it. You know, I, I, it's glad to get rid of it. Mm. Well, yeah, I, I think after the West Ham match, this almost might seem like heresy, but um, I was quite... I, I wanted Chelsea to win the next two matches and just, just get it over and done with so that yeah. we, could, we could go into this match focusing on finishing second and winning that match, not, not drawing, um, because that might probably be enough on goal difference, just winning the game, putting it to bed. And and you know what? Now we can enjoy the next 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 few matches. We'll we'll, we'll talk about those and and uh, predictions and, and formation uh, and, and 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 lineups that Pochettino should play. Let's talk. Let's talk a bit about yesterday and the occasion. So Brian Campbell says, "Great win today, but a little bit of my heart heart died today, um, or yesterday even." How do you guys feel? Um, also on Twitter at Fon One K. How much did yesterday get you in the feels? Jacob Cox, how many tears did you shed and did it feel like a funeral in a way for anyone else at the end? He goes on to say, I was both depressed and filled with joy at the same time. Aaron, if I come to you. Uh, Yeah, I I found the whole thing incredibly moving. I was standing the entire time in my living room. It felt like I was exactly that. And it's somewhere between, uh, you know, a a funeral and a wedding of sorts you know like the kind of the end or the beginning of something and and the beginning of something as a matter of fact um i found it i found it terribly sad i know that i'm i'm i tend to be the sentimental type to begin with but i i do i truly do believe something will be lost um with with the with the closing of of the stadium i think it won't be the same. That's okay. That's good. In fact, it, it, it may. It's progress is never is never necessarily a bad thing, right? But I, I think there will be something lost. It's a matter of whether or not it will be regained in a new way. But watching all of these people pour out onto the pitch, watching all of the legends come out, watching the the faces of Mauricio Pochettino's face at one point, just seeing him choke back the tears. Um, thinking about all of the history and all of the memories that are focused on this tiny little fraction of of grass, um, I found it very very moving. And um, I'm not ashamed to say I shed a tear or two as a uh, as the ceremony un- unfolded. I think I think it's the right move. I think it's it's um, I look forward to coming to visit the new stadium, and I am sad that I won't ever walk again through those turnstiles and feel the claustrophobic, you know, walkways and, and, and feel the history and, and feel the place kind of crumbling around me. That is part of what makes the place special. Um, it's imperfections, and I'll miss that. David, before I come to you, um, Aaron, I was fortunate enough um, to be with you um, when you when you went to the, your first game at White Hart Lane, um, it must have been what eighteen months ago, yeah, um, against Aston Villa. And I remember, um, you know, we, we we met for the first time outside. Um, I think it was Costa Coffee um, yeah. near, near Seven Sister Station, and we, and we walked. And it was a cold, dark November day, and we walked along the high road. And then I remember the thing that I most remember about that day was. When we went into the inside of the stadium, through the turnstiles, into the concourse, and then we went up those steps in, 
and and you could then see the pitch and your eyes just lit up there's and nothing like that in the world in the world there's nothing like that feeling it was it was for me you know being having gone there so many times um i, I didn't have that that sense that i and i had the exact same sense as you the first time i went there but it, it was it was it was really nice watching somebody else um uh, to experience that um david um how was it for you? You 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 watched at home. What what was the? I did. Yeah, I I was very keyed up for the game for it, and that took my attention. That took my emotion. That we needed a win. Um, but I I I'm probably the least amount of of the people I know of being sentimental, and yet I've been going to White Hart Lane since the sixties, um, and I've seen quite a few changes. Um, but even so, I know I I, I called it sort of triggers broom some while ago you know it's all uh, been changed ever since then and i noticed um, on, on social media they've been uh, funny enough somebody's latched onto that and they've uh, made up a little image of trigger on there talking about it that's got two you know, two new east stands one west stand south and so on um quite amusing but um all we're doing is taking down all four at the same time and building four more stands but i i do get it and i do understand and when all the players came out um, it all changed for me then, and uh, yep, I quietly had some tears. I did pretend that I wasn't um, when the Mamsar bought some uh, tea for me. <laughs> a couple of coughs had looked down somewhere. I'm sure I dropped my wine gum somewhere. I said, um, but yes, I, I did. Um, I did shed a tear. I must admit, it was all getting a bit emotional for me, um, seeing some of the greats there, the Phil Beals and Gilzeen, um all coming along. You just, you just, they, they, they built. They rather hit you hard with it, didn't they? After all, they <laughs> meant to. Um, made it, it almost made it like a wake, really. You were sitting there just, and it didn't help even this morning when I saw pictures of the match tearing the pitch up. I see the diggers on there tearing up. Oh no, it's really going now, isn't it? But, but uh, when both of you were watching at home, um, how much did the atmosphere, did the chants come across? Was it? I, was I, it as vocal as it? Yeah, from all like. during the game, I, I, it's the loudest by far I've ever heard. In fact, it felt non-stop, absolutely felt non-stop. It was only a, a slight blip when uh, when Rooney um, was given the goal, and uh, there was a blip then. But we we, we built up again. So uh, I was, I could only imagine, Javid, it was absolutely brilliant, rocking in there. You could just see the people. It was just a sea of people it's... just waving. You know, um, I, I in the in the run up to yesterday, I, I've taken a fairly pragmatic view about the whole thing, and and I'm and I maintain that we need to move in, into the new stadium. We shouldn't be stuck in the past. We shouldn't become um, shouldn't be held hostage to the to to, to, to the past. We sh- we need to move on. And if we if we continuously lamenting the loss of the stadium, then we will have real problems when we go into the new stadium in terms of generating an atmosphere, in terms of just constantly comparing. I, I may, by the way, I maintain all of that. Um, however, um, if I'm going to be completely honest, yesterday did did surprise me. Um, and, I, and I'll tell you why. One, obviously, I've I, I taken this pragmatic approach. Two, I suppose, because I've been going so many times this season, and I was obviously conscious that um, that it would end yesterday. Every time that I went, it would be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll come back here in, you know, in a few weeks' time or whenever Spurs are playing next. So I knew 
it wasn't going to be the last time. And even when it got towards the end, I knew, okay, so we've got, I don't know, whoever it was, let's say, um, Bournemouth at home and then Arsenal at home and, and, and then United. So I knew that there was going to be a few more visits to White Hart Lane, a few more walks down the down the high road from, from the Seven Sisters Station, all of that. And then yesterday came along and, again, I knew the magnitude of the occasion. Um, for me, getting the result was, was the important thing. Uh, when I got there, um, you know, I had a, had a look at the old stadium. I thought, okay, this is gonna it's gonna be one last time. Fine. When I got in, and probably ran about kickoff when we had all the flags and when and all the fans were waving the flags, and the noise that emotionally that I mean I, I didn't cry but I was quite close to it. Um, and then throughout the match, I just felt um, this was arguably up there with one of the greatest nights or not nights greatest evenings days nights whatever you want to call it that, that i've experienced at white Hart lane um i've been to a few matches um I, I calculated that i think including a ladies game that was played a few weeks ago at white Hart lane and two youth matches that i've been to that my vit visit yesterday was the 100th match that I've been to at White Hart Lane. I think, I think throw in a couple of stadium tours and 102. So I've seen a lot of games. I've seen a lot of shit games. So I, I've, I've long since f- f- um, forgotten or, or not forgotten in some cases. And I've seen some fantastic matches and performances over the years. I don't know if this was the best one, but it's right up there. It's right up there. You can't compare it with 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 other games because with with, with other matches because other matches the results might mean a bit more or uh, the, the chanting, the songs might be parallel, but this was none of them quite have uh for, <laughs> This was unique, I suppose, what I'm saying. I was there for Ledley King's testimonial a few years ago. That was a unique occasion. It's not your run-of-the-mill match, and this wasn't a run-of-the-mill match, even though it was an important Premier League game. Um, the, the the songs, I mean, you talked about, you asked about the, the uh, atmosphere from home, how it came through. There were long stretches where the, the commentators just were silent, thankfully, and just allowed the atmosphere to kind of come across. But there was, it seemed to be there was a, a, a long section where they were just, during the game, where the crowd was just singing for all of the players of the past. Yeah, yeah. And, and was I mistaken? Was there a moment where they were singing for Aaron Lennon? Or did yes, I, did I ab- make that? Absolutely. And that, again, that was another moment where I was, I was close to tears when, when they started singing Aaron Lennon's yeah. song. For, for obvious reasons, because of obviously the recent past playing for Tottenham, um, for as long as he did, and obviously what's happened recently. So, so that was that was uh, a poignant moment. Um, I found that but... I found that absolutely beautiful, and and a testament to the the power and beauty of football fandom in general, but our fan base in particular. That uh, full throated support and and singing for a guy that that needs it mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and I I felt I was very I was terribly moved by that. Uh, and also Paul Gascoigne too. I know Paul yeah. Gascoigne. You might argue that he's had a lot of chances, and uh, I don't know. Um, I think that the guy needs help, um, but, and uh, 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 and it's easy to criticise. And you can say he's been given a lot, lot of chances, but um, for me, Paul Gascoigne was was one of my first, not just Spurs, but football heroes, boyhood heroes. 
Um, so when they were singing Paul Gascoigne's name, both at the beginning and then afterwards, after the um, when the game finished and, and the proceeding started, uh, that emotionally again, I, I was really holding back the tears. Um, uh, yeah, and 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 just the, the whole combination of songs, like things like I wouldn't have heard, like for example the the Archibald Steve Archibald chant. That's something that would have been sung back in the 80s, but probably hasn't been sung since. So that was nice. So you've got all of that. Um, and then uh, when the final whistle went, um, the crowd came on the pitch. Um, I, I was a little bit annoyed at the time because um, because I, you know, I wanted the, the ceremony to, to start and it was delayed and, and people weren't coming off the pitch. Um, and I thought it was a bit... Um, irresponsible um, for people to do that. Having said that, with hindsight, part of me regrets not not doing the same now. And I was in a very good position. Um, I was in block 35, row six, so very in a very good position to to get on that pitch. Um, I didn't because um, I was worried that if I did that, my membership might be re- might be revoked or, or whatever. <laughs> um, and I just I didn't take that risk. Yeah, I, I'm I'm too sensible, but. Um, I wish I had had done done that with with hindsight, particularly as so many people did that. And it wasn't just run of the mill young people that are a bit boisterous doing yeah. that. There were there were women, there were some children. Anyway, that you can understand it, can't you? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you, yeah. I, I, I get it. I, 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 it frustrated me when they weren't coming off the pit pitch, and Paul Coit kept saying that you've got to get off the pitch. The whole world yeah. is watching, That's the and thing, that yes. that that protracted a bit but eventually they came off the pitch and then, and then the ceremony started and uh, and that was amazing and and watching all but, the past players but all of those people everybody that's on the pitch and the people that are in the stadium stands that didn't come on the pitch they're all part of what made that place magic and special and it's up to me i mean i get it and i was waiting for them to cut off too i'm standing I'm sitting in my living room thinking gosh i really have to get to mother's day lunch with my mom i really have to leave the house but at the same time i i felt like that's exactly right this it's it wouldn't have been a proper send-off mm. had it just been spoon-fed to us right we the 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 support, the supporters are part of what makes that place special and made that place special, and are absolutely what are what are what is going to guarantee that the next home will feel like a home and not feel like some anodyne corporate um, palace. You know, it will be Tottenham's ground because of the people who are going to be filling those seats, and so that they were on the pitch and they enjoyed their moment in 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 the glory, and I feel like they deserved it, as do you. You know. I think that the fans will have a big part in in generating that new atmosphere at White Hart Lane. And I, and I say it again, they have a, a moral... All Spurs fans if, get the opportunity to go to the new stadium, whether you go regularly or whether you go... You, you only get to go once or twice. I think you have a moral duty, um, not just to yourselves and one another but the future generations to make that new stadium um, a a cathedral for football a, 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 a place that's um, that, that, that's very special as, 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 as the old stadium was um, but also what will also what, what will add it to that what will also help um, is the fact that the club have done their homework 
Um, if you watch um, what um, Daniel Levy said after the match about the desire of the new stadium and the fact they've tried to bring it as close as possible to the pitch, I think that will make a big difference. And above all, we're not moving to a different postcode. We're not moving somewhere else. We're moving just a few yards, 100 yards. Half of the new stadium will be on the same footprint as the old stadium. And that, that will make yeah. a big, big, big difference. Um, the final thing, I, I just... Um, I'm sorry if I'm, I'm going on a bit about this, but when 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 the ceremony when when all the proceedings ended, um, and obviously there, there was a rendition of Oh When the Spurs, and then um, Glory Glory, Tottenham Hotspur Glory Glory, Hallelujah. That that those again were were really just heartwarming moments. When that finished and everybody started leaving, I made a big big mistake. I should have left the stadium fairly quickly. Instead. I stayed at my seat and I didn't leave and I didn't leave and I didn't leave and there was a few other people in the same position as me um, and then and, and others were trickling out and then eventually I was one of the last people to leave and the reason I, I stayed as long as I should have was firstly I was in a part lane in South Lower block 35 which is which is my home it's my part of the stadium it's Aaron it's where you and I yeah. watched um uh, Spurs beat Villa on that on that Monday evening. Now, this season because of the ballot system, I haven't been in that block as often as I would like. Um, I've been all over the stadium. David, you and I, I think were in the West Upper for Leicester yeah. City, which was the last time that we dropped points at, at home. We were there um, uh, eating, drinking tea, as I recall, and, and eating Maryland cookies. How oh, very, how yes. very rock and roll in in, in the East Lower. With a with a pillar blocking our view against um, Everton, um, but the South, South Lower is is my bit, and I've, I've been in there a few times this, this season. It was fitting that I was there on on the last day. I think I'd been if I'd been in any part other part of the stadium, I probably would have left, but I stayed because there were so many memories of that of the South Lower that, I'd, that, that were there with me, and I got out of my seat and I walked up right to the back of the South Lower, which is generally where. I, I would prefer to to, to, to sit in, in the upper rows, 26, 27, 28. And I remembered, I recalled back to the time, Aaron, I was I was there with you. Um, our dear friend, who's sadly no, no longer with us, Mary Morton, um, uh, who uh, passed away last year and was a friend of the show and appeared on the podcast. Um, I remember watching a game with her for the first time um, together. Um, it was a Capital One Cup tie against... Arsenal, which which we lost um, last season, beginning of last season. Um, so many memories. Um, European nights, eighteen eighty two matches, great atmosphere. Um, so many people that I met. Uh, I remember being there on New Year's Day a few years ago when we beat Chelsea five three. So many, so many memories, and I was reflecting on all those memories, and I went back up, up, up to the very top of of the Park Lane lower, and. That really, really took that. That affected me emotionally quite a bit, and I really wish I'd, I hadn't done that. Part of me, I wish I hadn't done that because, and I just left the stadium. But I stayed around, and I was just reflecting on all of these memories. The memories will always be there, but um, the surroundings won't be, um, and that's probably the first time they really, really hit home to me. How that that. That's it. It's it, it's over. 
Well, um, well, let's look at it another way, Jav. I mean, you've got to look forward to a nice artisan bakery, a microbrewery, <laughs> and you'll know the sommelier's name by his Christian name. Yeah. Isn't that something to look forward to? It is. He'll um, look after you. Half time, you'll have a selection of cheeses. Yeah, and bagels even. Yep. So yeah. you've got so much more to look forward to. Absolutely. And j- just for the record, <laughs> Park Lane, Park Lane Lower yesterday, I got in there really early to, to, to soak up the atmosphere. Um, I went to one of the um, stalls in the concourse, and guess what? They didn't have any smoked salmon bagels. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. um, Mark Stoll, which player made you the happiest to see walk on the pitch yesterday? Past player, he means. Go on, Aaron. Well, I really, I really loved seeing the old guys from the double, double team. I, I thought that was sweet and moving, if only just to see what, how, how, how much love and affection the crowd has for them, and and how how far their bodies have come from the time that they were young kids running on that that piece of grass. But if I'm perfectly honest, I got kicked right in the feels when Ledley stepped out on the pitch. I did not expect it at all. Um, but when Ledley stepped out, I and the and the roar of the crowd and I just face went flushed and, and I I was I was really, really moved. And honestly also crouchy. I didn't expect him at all to be there. It's ridiculous. It's like the the legends, literally legends walking out on that field and then out comes Peter Crouch, who by the way scored against Woolwich the other day. And and for him to be there, it, it was very meaningful to me somehow. So those were those were those were my two. Yeah, I would I would agree with the uh, the, the double um, players and see um, uh, Alan there, uh, all the Alans. That was great. But um, Alan Gilzine for me, Gilly. Uh, he was such a wonderful player, such a such good touch. Uh, everything went to him. He just flicked it off, flick header, cushioned the pass wonderful touch he had and you just think I always think that player he could have played in any generation with that sort of touch uh, and as we know Javid from the, the, the stadium tour that yeah. he hadn't uh, been to the ground for about 20 years yeah. Yeah. had no intention and for some reason he came along and um, was invited and uh, once he came back and the, the, the reception he got was so great and it was great again yesterday even more so that he fell in love with the place again and, and is now there um, most games, so um, so it's great to see him. That's that's fascinating. See, I, I remember the, them saying that in, in the stadium tour, um, yeah. and it reminds me of Bjorn Borg um, when after he played in the Wimbledon Wimbledon final of '81 that he lost, I think, to McEnroe. He didn't come back. He didn't come back for a good twenty odd years. That's right. Um, why I don't know why he was absent for. for that long, um, and now he's 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 there, and it's the same with Gilly. Um, the one player I would have liked to have seen yesterday um, was Paul Gascoigne. Um, another one that I would have liked to have seen, but I had the fortune of um, seeing a few weeks ago when he was interviewed at halftime with Johan Klinsmann. Um, but yeah, for, for, for me, funny enough, of all the players that came on came onto the pitch, the one that I really enjoyed slightly amused by the reception he got was Peter Crouch. I didn't, yeah. I didn't expect to see him, and then, wow, he got quite a, quite a reception. Um, yeah, and I think he's, he's the only one that's still playing, if I, if I believe. Um, yeah. 
uh, the, 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 the rest were good, obviously Ledley and, and Gary Mabbott, but I, yeah, I did um, did enjoy seeing Crouchy. Um, Ginola too, I guess. Um, quite amusing the way he was just filming himself yeah. all the way through. Um, talk about vanity. Uh, Ken Goodrich, were you part of the pitch invasion? Um, we've established that already. No, I wasn't. Ed Brad, did you steal anything from the ground today, yesterday? Uh, uh, no, I didn't. Uh, me steal anything? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a reputable citizen. I wouldn't, wouldn't dream, <laughs> dream of dream of d- doing that. Well, what I want to know is, so they, they said that. Um, uh, members and season ticket holders would get a blade of grass um, in a key a key ring with a blade of grass um, in their um, renewal pack. Um, will I still will I still get my blade of grass with all those people on the pitch and with all the all the digging that's going on today? Did it look like they were saving anything uh, from the no. images today? No, it was uh, yeah. Um, I think. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. I think that I, I don't know. I, I, maybe because I was sort of downplaying the whole thing beforehand, I didn't give much thought to taking something with me or running onto the pitch. And events just happened yesterday, so I wasn't really, really prepared for any of it. But it was enjoyable nonetheless. Um, okay, well, another question from Ed Brad: um, Which of the legends present would you like to see in their prime in the current side? question it's a great question yeah yeah well mine mine is uh, still go back to gilly because i think you can play in any generation with that sort of touch i think people would be astonished what they if they see him today so gilly would be mine i'd, I'd love to see berbatov in his prime come in off the bench for the last 20 minutes of a game and just destroy Actually, Berbatov does uh, reminds me a bit of, of Gilly. Um, Berbatov's touch, he would could, all sorts of touches, that lovely push and pass or flicks. That's what Gilzin could do, actually. There's, there's, a, there's a, quite a resemblance between the pair of them or the way they play. Um, I'm trying to think yesterday. Probably Ledley King. Ledley, Ledley King or, or Glenn Hoddle. Yeah. Um, I was... I, I, I never saw... Glenn Spurs' career when he was um, at his at his peak, or or even when he was at M- Monaco. I caught the tail end of his career when he was player manager at Swindon and and Chelsea, and he could still turn it on then. Um, yeah. And obviously, I've, I've like a lot of us now have got the benefit of watching clips on YouTube, but I don't think I, I fully appreciated him as a player. Um, but yeah, Glenn Hoddle, Ledley King. Imagine having a fit Ledley King. Yeah, part of the back alongside, three. yeah, part of the back three alongside Vertonghen and and um, and Toby, um, that would be quite something. Yeah. Yep. Um, right. In the second half of the podcast, um, we'll do some more questions. But before we do, here is Bex with this week's Spurs Ladies Update. Hello, everybody. It's Bex. Uh, so th- it's been quite busy in the world of Spurs Ladies. Of course, when the pod was recorded last week, it was on the Saturday, so before the girls played. They won against Charlton at Stevenage last Sunday and that was in the Women's FA Premier League Cup which goes nicely with their Women's FA Premier League medals so the girls are doing really well. So they beat Charlton on penalties 4-3. Tony Tony Ann Wayne, the keeper, saved two which is always really good. Um, So it was 0-0 at the end of normal time and extra time in fact. 
obviously. Um, so really good win for the girls. Definitely getting them back on track, having lost the previous cup final and the league game to Charlton. They followed that up with a win yesterday against West Ham, and that was at Thurrock. So that was a nice 7-0 thrashing. So they are definitely back on track. Now, because they achieved the league title, they have a playoff game. So they will play against the winners of the Premier Women's Premier League North, um, which is Blackburn Rovers Ladies. That's on the 28th of May, and that's at the Valley in Charlton, in case anybody doesn't know where that is. So... Um, that is a two o'clock kickoff. People here, 28th of May at two o'clock. Please be there. It would be very lovely if you could be, says me. It's a bank holiday weekend too, so there's no excuse for you not to go. I might take the child, drag her along. Um, anyway, so a really good season for the girls so far. Topped off with the fact that uh, at halftime of the Spurs game against Man United, Karen Hills, the manager, Jenna Scalacci and Sophie McLean brought all three of their trophies onto the pitch and were interviewed by Paul Coit at half-time, which I think is really, really important that the uh, there is some recognition from the men's team that the girls have done really well. And although it's at one stage, Spurs ladies just had the name of Spurs and there was minimum input, now obviously it's a lot closer. So it's really good to see that that's um, a little bit of recognition for what they've done this season. So I would say that's me. Well, it is me done for today. It's clearly not me done for the season because there's the Blackburn game. So um, you get a reprieve next week and um, I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tom Northburg family podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right. Uh, before we do questions, um, just a, a, a reminder, um, we, we I recorded a podcast middle of last week, a bonus episode um, where I interviewed Cat Law and... Martin Cloak of the Tottenham Hotspur Supporters Trust. Um, if you haven't listened to it, um, it's there, it's available. Give it a listen, download it, um, write a review on uh, on on the um, iTunes store, um, not just for that episode, but for, for all the other episodes or for, or for the podcast in general. Um, if you don't like the podcast and don't and are critical in, in any way of it, that's fine. Um, just leave your comments. Um, any reviews, negative, positive, are welcome. Um, that that just as a plug, that that interview is great, and Cat and get a lot of stick for whatever reason from fans, and they are incredibly generous and committed with, with they're generous with their time and they're committed to the cause, and it's really really worth listening to. What they have, um, everything that they say, I find truly interesting and and uh, and worthy of, of thought. Yeah, I second that because I listened to it and I thought it was a lot of interesting information and they put a lot of time into it. Um, but I'm not aware of they're being criticised, but that's a shame if they are because they're working on behalf of us fans. They're working very hard. So, yeah, yeah anybody out there, go listen to it. It's, it's um, some interesting information. Thank you. Right, let's just finish off with a few questions. Um, Terry Whitty from Brazil asks, should we give the reser- reserves a run out for the last few games um he's thinking onama jansen and co so actually just on that let's take a step step back from that so we've got leicester and hull next couple of matches um to answer his question and also to give a prediction for both games how do you see both games going is mauricio going to fill the strong team are we going to go out and win those matches well interestingly tonight chelsea have made nine changes against watford only 
Um, I, I think Hazard's playing. I'm not sure who else, but um, John Terry's playing, unfortunately. Or I might be fortunate, actually. Maybe someone will clock in one. But, um, <laughs> so, it's yeah, they're taking nine changes. But I, for Spurs, I'm not sure, I don't know what he will do, but I would like to see one or two, but I don't want to see too many changes because I don't think it's fair on the players coming in. If you change all eight, nine, ten of those players, the balance goes. You don't see the best of them. I want to see a couple of changes, uh, as you put in uh, Jansen. I'd love to see Jansen play. I'd love to see Harry Kane given a rest and see what Jansen does with, in, in, amongst the rest of them. And then Kudu. Um, that's what I'd, I'd, I would like to see. And maybe Vimmer given a, a run out, but no more than two to three, because I just don't think you get a good view. Um, what do I think? Um, oh, I don't know what Maurizio will do. Who knows? Who knows? Aaron, over to you. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think the I think I second exactly what you said. I'd like to see three or four changes tops, um, and I and I think I would love to see some 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 time for Jansen. I would love to see some time for Nkuru. Um, but I think you're right that if you just if you make wholesale changes, nine changes, ten changes on the side, there's it's just throwing away the game, which is fine, and you know everybody's earned it, and that would also be okay. But if I had my druthers, we get a chance to see what um, what these guys can do in uh, in the side. I think we'll win b- both games, though. Yeah, interesting that Hull are relegated already, um, and. Um... Final, final, final game of the season. We go and play a, a relegated team away from home. Sounds familiar. Right. Um, I think, <laughs> yeah. I think we, I think, I think we can win that. I don't. I'm not expecting them to to cause a problem. Leicester could be tricky. Leicester could be tricky. I could see us possibly draw, drawing that game. Um, personally, I don't think we should make wholesale changes. I read somewhere on social media that, that Janssen should be given a chance. Um, I think. A couple of things with that. I think, firstly, Kane wants to, to, wants that golden boot. Yeah, that's um, true. And I think that Janssen... I just don't think... really don't think he's warranted enough to be given a run-out, really. I don't... He's been given a few chances, um, contrary to what a lot of people think. If you look at the stats, he's actually played, played a lot more than people would think. Um, and... Not every time. I think he, he he did well against Bournemouth and he did well against Swansea, but a lot of the time he just doesn't really look at it. Okay, maybe he needs more of a running. Maybe it's his first season and he'll come good next season. I hope he does. I really want every player um, to do well in a Tottenham shirt. Um, at the moment, though, uh, those two games I wouldn't take lightly. I know that that we've we're, we're second. We can't finish any higher. We can't finish any lower. But I just like like us to go out there and win them. And and finish the season on a high. Um, so I wouldn't like to like to see wholesale, wholesale check changes. Um, perhaps give Onomo a chance. Perhaps I don't know if he's available or maybe he's. I think he's gone with the England under twenty squad possibly. Perhaps okay. give Edwards Edwards a chance. Um, yeah. I'd like to see maybe one or two of those players possibly and couldn't do but I don't want to see whole-scale changes Um, to some degree I'm sure that that starting 11 against Leicester won't be the same against uh, starting 11 that starts against Hull by virtue of the fact that we're playing Thursday, Sunday Um, yeah but I don't want us to make big changes 
um, yeah, by all means, give some of those players a chance. But um, we've we've seen this before in, in Europa games in the past, Champions League games in the past, even the FA Cup later this season. We made whole whole scale style changes against Wick, Wickham, yeah. and it cost us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Brian Campbell, is a trophy-less season a failure, or is there more than one way to measure success? Uh, I go, Aaron. Yeah, I mean, I think I think um, it's certainly not a success, but you measure, to me, I measure progress, and we finished third last season, we finished second this season. Uh, you know, next season, who knows? But... Uh, I, I think I think you look at the progress. I think you look at individual progress that the players have made. I think you look at the team progress and and um, sort of Mauricio's progress as a as a coach and tactical pro- progress. And I I think this season what there's a lens with which you could look at this season as disappointing. You could one could see this as we we should have won. We we could have won, but. Uh, record points total uh record record the record at the lane uh i mean it we really have to be splitting hairs to not see that this was progress from before and we're getting better and better and better and it will it is time to start winning trophies it is time to start winning something um i don't think yet we it's a failure for for not having won yeah i I sort of broadly uh, Will be my bit. I, I keep looking at it in different ways, positive or negative. I mean, so many, so many stats are coming on there. It, it, I can't stand this two-season stat where we're top of the league over the last two seasons. It, it, it doesn't, don't matter, matter at all. Uh, don't mean Jack. Um, it's trophies, and there we are. Leicester and Chelsea are carrying the trophy around. No matter how they got there, mm. they got it. Just because Chelsea didn't have Europe. No one will remember that. They've got the trophy. We don't. And second place doesn't cut it. But I do stand the other side and look at it the other way and say, you know what? I thought the end of last season, I said, after Leicester lost, losing uh, to them, I thought, well, the others are going to spend. They're going to spend big. They've got new managers. Uh, we spoke about this beginning of the season, who we thought might fail, but they've all been given the, a big check. Go out and buy the very best. And I thought, well, I know we can't. I, I, I will be happy to get fourth this season. And, and not only will we get into the Champions League, but we've comfortably, with two games to go, sitting in second. And as you said, Aaron, with record, etc., points and so on. It, it's been stellar in that respect. But next season, it has to come with a little more brasso, I'm afraid, to polish up the silverware. Because... Um, we have to win something. You'll lose the players. You can't keep just being nearly men um, and not adding to it. It's it's a fine balance and one that Levy's going to have to and Pochino's going to have to manage somehow by keeping this group um, as together as they can and adding to it and getting success because we're at the pinnacle now of a, a very big thing. You know, it's, it's new stadium. Uh, with new training ground, uh, all coming. Um, so we've got we'll have big commercial input, uh, financial input with uh, naming rights. It's all, all coming in, and there could be nothing worse than in a season or two, or following season, we still won nothing. We've lost half the players, 
um, and we're trying to add to it with a with a glossy new stadium uh, and possibly even lose the manager. I don't want to be doing that. Um, so we've got to move on. We've got to win trophies. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, ultimately, it, trophies are, are the things that you remember. That That is the ultimate measure of, of success. I think Pochettino is... We're blessed to have one of the most talented coaches, managers um, in England, um, uh, in Europe. However, ultimately his stock will be measured by the trophies that he wins. If he has aspirations to manage elsewhere, which I hope he doesn't, um, I hope he has the aspirations. That's not, that's not a bad thing to have those aspirations and to aim high, but I hope that he, do, he doesn't, he stays with Spurs for a very, very, very long time. Um, but if he does have aspirations to manage elsewhere, um, or if he's going to be continuously um, coveted by other clubs, which is a, which is a, the biggest compliment you can play, pay to him and, and, and to, to Daniel Levy for employing him, we've got one of the best managers, um, sooner or later that will stop if he doesn't win trophies. So ultimately he's got to win trophies. Um, you know, he can't just... You know, he did very well at... He did well at Espanyol. He did... He did well at, at at Southampton, he's done very well at, um, at at Tottenham, but he he needs to win trophies. Um, uh, I'm not for a minute suggesting that he should fail gloriously um, just so he stays at Spurs forever forevermore. Um, but he should he, he needs to, he needs to win stuff, and when he does, he will be coveted by even more so than he is now by the top clubs, and that's fine. That's that's not an issue, and hopefully by that point we would have grown as a club, and Daniel Heavey will. Will, will will try his hardest to keep him and and and, and will succeed in that. Um, I think he, this he, season. Sorry, go ahead. Go on. Aaron. Well, he, did you see the 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 interview that he gave? Uh, I think just yesterday about about the squashing the rumors that he he's interested in even looking at other at other teams. He said uh, that when he signed on with with Spurs, he it was very clear to him that he was not coming to Tottenham to use it as a platform to sell him or himself or his coaching staff to other places. That he that this was the project that he was interested in, and that this was what he wanted to do. And that will that may change in the future, but at least for now, it certainly seems like. I mean, he's a guy that is incredibly cautious in the press and does not say very much ever. And to be that clear about that he's here for the project and not as a as a platform for further things, that he, is he, that is success. He, 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 he did what he did at Espanyol, and he probably took Southampton as far as he, he could have realistically. Um, there is still a lot to do at Tottenham. Yeah. There is still there is a project, as you say. There's a new stadium. Um, I think he's, he's he's looking forward to building a team. He's 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 done that in the last three years. Um, there's still work to do. There's a new stadium to come, um, and uh, it's far from over. And I, and I also after yesterday and the send off that we gave and the fans singing his name and just looking at his at one point the camera panned on it, on his face and just looking at his face. I, the, the, he, he's going nowhere um, you know, and yes other clubs will, 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 will try to um, come in for him um, and I'm sure he'll be flattered why wouldn't he But, but if, if a Real Madrid or, or a Man United or whoever comes for him but um, why go for a burger when you can, when you can have steak at home um, I, in terms of in terms of 
this season. It, it's been a, it's it's a continuous continued su- success. A question I've quick question I've got for both of you is um, United. They're going to finish what fifth, sixth in the table. They've got one trophy. They might add another one, which obviously if they do that will mean they qualify for Champions League. Would you rather be? Would you rather swap what the success the success they've had in terms of the trophies they've yes. won or about to win with, with yes. finishing second? Yeah, I've already looked at it and I thought, yeah. you know what? After all, after all this, you know, we said, well, look at this record, this record, that, and that's what I'm saying. If United end up winning the Europa, of course, doesn't matter where they finish, they go straight into Champions what? League. I think they have to pre-qualify, but they end yeah. up with two lots of silver. What great nights United supporters, well, certainly with the Europa, what a great night that will be for them. League Cup, not so much, but what a trophy that would be if we'd, if we'd have done that and gone mm. through on Europe. We could have done, but, <coughs> we, but you know, we, we managed to not do so, and I can't, can't explain why we didn't play well in Europe. Okay, that's, well, that's a whole, that's a whole well, other conversation. D- David, would you, would you take that, though, playing the way they've played? Um, well, I didn't didn't answer it that way about playing the way they played. I would like to think we played a lot better. Than, I understand that question. That's a difficult one. Mm. Uh, sometimes, I mean, that's what he does well. I, I, I know we don't, you know, it's not a great bloke, Mourinho. Um, he, he's a strange soul. Um, he will, he, the League Cup final in 2015, I looked at it, and we only, we hadn't long duffed him up 5-3. He weren't going to let that happen again. And um, I know Matic was, was banned that game and he, he put um, the other centre-back in. I can't remember his name now. He escapes me for a second. Um, centre-back in front. Zuma? Uh, big lad. Um, and, sorry, who's that? Zuma? Yes, that's it, Zuma. Yep. Uh, put him in front of the back four. And he snuffed anything out getting to, getting to Kane. And completely stifled the game. Absolutely stifled it. But who remembers really that? Well, I do, but who does remember it? You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it just, well, that's it. They've got the League Cup. And that's what you remember, Jav. You know, it's mm. maybe, we, you know, you have to do things dirty. Manchester United won the treble. They were dreadful in that final, uh, bar the last few minutes uh, in 1999, May the 26th. <laughs> they were dreadful. Um, and, and yet, you know, they, they won Champions League. Um, and that's what you remember. So, yeah, the playing I'm afraid you know might be all very pretty that's what I'm saying it's all very nice and we've got all these records but ultimately you've got to win silverware now I'm not going to knock it's been wonderful to watch this season fantastic when we took apart Man City at home um, you know just they, they, they just look and they were unbeaten then they won every game um, wonderful days but we've got to win trophies I I, I, um, I would not switch and I would not switch because I don't think we have enough information to make this call yet. And the reason why I say that is, yes, to win trophies right now, like we're we're gonna go into the summer <clears throat> without any great singular accomplishment. And and you're absolutely right. A decade from now, twenty years from now, we're not going to really recall this season. I certainly hope we don't recall this season because I hope that there are much better memories to be. To be made still to come and 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 united this will go on to their trophy shelf and they probably won't remember this season either because they're united after all but uh but if if we would if this was if, if we had won a trophy this year but and here's the but i would not trade the progress that we have made this season for a trophy i would not trade the feeling that the past two seasons have given me 
for a trophy. I I know that eventually we have to win, and I think I think I think you're right, David. That 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 it's it's pretty much now. I mean, pretty much next season without without silverware, it will start to feel like a failure, to me personally. But I think right now, the progress is undeniable. The 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 growth is there and if if trading our position for united's position means that we wouldn't have had the season that we have just had that we wouldn't have the growth that we just had but we would have a trophy then i would say no i would not make that trade i don't i think there's still more to come from this side there's still really really great things to happen and i would not trade those things that are going to happen or that could happen for um, a Europa League trophy right now, but you're right. You know what? In a few in a few weeks, that's going to be a, an amazing night out for them, and it's going to be an incredible memory. And um, and 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 we'll all feel sad that we're not there. But I think I wouldn't trade still. Yeah, I I sort of I tend to agree with you, Aaron. I think that I I wouldn't I wouldn't trade this season because I think that that we have progressed as a club under Pochettino, finishing third last season, finishing second this season. Um, forget about actually the, the, the league standings, um, just, just to the points in terms of what's gone on on the pitch, in terms of where we play, in terms of the way that we can roll over teams, that we can bounce back, that we can be resilient, all of that. Um, that's progression for me, So, and I think that will continue, and I think sooner rather than later the trophies will come. Of course, if we don't win a trophy next season, then, yeah, things could be deemed to be a failure um what i wouldn't trade though is i don't want us to go back i know we haven't won many, many tr- tr- trophies over a i don't know 25 for 30 year period um if you take after 91 winning the fa cup final we've won two league cups 1999 2008 that's not particularly impressive um and in that time we didn't play particularly well we had a lot of average spurs teams finishing mid mid table and on two occasions we won two trophies which were, I'm sure great days out and there were trophies but I don't want us to go back to that I'd rather have us playing the way we're playing at the moment than playing average and then reaching a cup final and winning a tr- trophy because if we continue to play the way where we are sooner rather than later the trophies will happen and and for me these last two seasons have been the best ever for me yeah. supporting Spurs um, but yeah it, it, it there's a great danger that um, if we can, if we start to just qualify for the Champions League every season, which is where Levy wants us to be, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But if we keep doing that, um, we'll just end up aping the the other team um, from North London, um, not from North yeah. London, but happen to um, cohabit in North London, um, and 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 look at them, and look at what you know. They went, what was it, eight seasons without winning a trophy? I know they've won a few FA Cups since, but um, we don't want that that level of complacency or, or, or accepting. Um, this, not, is the, not, this, is, yeah. this is the best Spurs team that I've ever seen. This really is. It's the most complete Spurs team. It's by far the best defense, overall defensive team I've ever seen. The stats show that. That's nothing. Uh, I'm not giving you any. This is a great team. This really is building up. And and, and I'm saying I would, you know, I, I, I would swap. But um, 
ultimately I think we will go on and win something. He is building, he's taken three years. He's come from quite a low position to start low starting position, remember, Pochino. He hasn't walked in on a a, a massively um, underachieving side that, that really should be doing better. We were <coughs> underachieving for a very good reason. Um, but he's really moulded them into his team. Uh, and I and I do see us winning things. So I don't want to be to sound too negative on the point because, you know, it's it's it, it's um, just a, a question asked of me. Would I swap? But it doesn't. Unfortunately, reality we don't. David, just a quick question, just just to digress for a minute. You said it's the best first team that that you see. The question that I've I've asked of various people, um, the, the one Spurs team that I keep hearing talk talked about of recent or modern times, should we say, you know, sort of post post the, the double winning team is is a team that went very close in 1987. We had obviously Clive Allen was the first, I think he was the first player yesterday who, of, yeah. of the legends to walk out on the pitch and he got 49 yeah. goals. That's it. I was going to say, it's 50, 50 goals, yeah. And how, we, were how in, does, we were into in for four trophies that season. They were saying, we could win all four, League Cup, FA Cup, I can remember it, yeah, the, the UEFA Cup. They really were very close to all of them, and in fact, we asked too much of ourselves. How does how does this team? Because that was just a few years before yeah. I started getting. No, this is a better side. This okay. is a better side. Yeah, I, I, I meant what I said. This this is a better side. I mean, by far the best defence, and that's the thing. You see, if you can always rely on defence, you can always get yourself something. And oh, you can't win every game, and it's going to trip up like a West Ham. It's going to happen now and again, but. Um, no, this this uh, uh, this side is definitely better than the eighty-seven one, and it was a very good side. Okay, I've got three questions. I'm just going to go through them very quickly. Um, this is one that was asked last week, which I'm I'm not going to give an answer to. I'll, I'll park my answer un- until the final podcast next week. Um, but I'll I'll ask both of you. Pravan Ramdani says, "What's been the what's been your highlight of another su- successful campaign in the Premier League?" David, wait, go, go first. All right. I, I, uh, home to Man City because I was there um, and, and they were unbeaten they were looking like they were going to run away with the league um, and they'd, uh, uh, they'd t- had a draw against Celtic only if, uh, earlier in that week and uh, they'd shut them down uh, and made fools of them really and uh, we'd seen that and did exactly the same and really made fools of City that was my that was my highlight of the season there have been too many actually to, we've been fabulous against West Brom and made Arsenal look less than ordinary um, we've had some had some great results but the Man City one stands out in my mind uh, for me it's it's uh, I mean there's so many amazing wins and so many you know the the, the derby against Arsenal was just absolutely wonderful to watch uh, Chelsea at home was fantastic but yeah. honestly for me the thing that really stands out to me uh, despite how many chances he got was uh, Janssen's first goal from open play. And the relief on his face, the relief on everybody's, in the team's face, the the way that the, 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 the fans got behind him, it was just wonderful. It was the kind of thing that uh, makes me watch sport, regardless of whether or not we win or lose. That's the kind of thing that just uh, makes it all worth it. So that... That, the look on his face, I'll just never forget that. Okay, next one. Um, our very own John Steggles. What's an acceptable finish for next season? I'd be happy with top four. 
Um, I really because I still think the other side. I said that this season. I was just talking about that, wasn't I? Where I thought everybody else was going to improve and, and we were going to struggle to to maintain a, a level. Um, but I've got a funny feeling the others are going to do the same as this season. There's a great promise of buying all these players, and we're still going to be in there. But I get top four, win a trophy, and I, and I in a preference of an FA Cup. So if we get top four and win an FA Cup, that for me would be a success. Uh, we're going to win the league. We might. <laughs> <laughs> You're sounding like me. Um, do, do, uh, well, uh, in terms of an acceptable finish. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, I, I think I, I agree. I think top four, a trophy. But um, I think, again, we don't know enough, right? I think it depends on what... The, what what the other teams around us do and how that change the con- changes the context of the league. Um, but I think if uh, I think an acceptable finish is um, showing improvement and not stagnation. And I, and, and what, whatever that means, however that's whatever metric we use to define that, that's what to me an acceptable finish for, for next season. Yeah, is. I, it's going to be hard I, away from home, right? It's going to be absolutely a different beast. Um, so it's hard to say. Absolutely, and the league will be very different. You know, last season, arguably, the league was easier given that every most teams weren't really there, and Leicester surprised everybody. And for us to finish as high as we did last season, the thing was, well, could we could we reproduce that next season in 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 arguably what would have been a t- what everybody predicted would be a tougher league with everybody bouncing back, and we've we've done that. We've done that again. Um, I was surprised that Chelsea won the league because I thought that they like for example City would be in transition um, I thought Liverpool would, would have done better than 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 Chelsea for example because Klopp had a bit of a head start on, on Conte um, so yeah for me I, I agree with you both I think next season we, we're somewhere in the top four I, I hate that phrase top four because it, it yeah. just implies you know, you're happy with it, yeah. You're happy. You're happy. With you're, you're happy with it. But, yeah. however, what I would say is, going rewinding a few years, Levy wanted us to get in the top four. We didn't quite do it with Martin Yol. We did it with Harry one season, but then we didn't do it until the season after, and, and that wasn't sufficient because um, Chelsea won the, the the Champions League that season, and, and, and it wasn't enough. Um, what we've done now is we've achieved it twice two consecutive seasons in a row and not finishing fourth by you know the final game of the season or whatever but actually finishing third and then second and and with games in hand so we've done that consistently dare I say it like Arsenal have done it consistently but over a 20 odd year period we've done it now two seasons we need to continue that um that's the bare minimum um but we should aim higher I do think we can win the league um I really do I don't the whole Wembley thing, it, it doesn't faze me. I honestly believe that Pochettino will strengthen in the summer. Forget about what other clubs do. They will spend more money. That goes without saying. They have Some of them, Chelsea and City, have ridiculous finances. Um, they will spend more money. They will also waste a lot of money, as, we, as we've seen with Liverpool and United, not just this season, but in seasons gone by. Um, we will... Not to say that we haven't wasted money, but we won't spend nearly as much as they do and there won't be that many incomings there will be one or two players I'm sure Pochettino will bring in hopefully it won't just be Wanyama being a success but we'll we'll have two 
or three maybe players that, that, that hit the ground running. And, and if there's any Deadwood, they'll get rid of that. Um, there's a lot of prom- promising young players, Edwards and so forth. So I, I really think that we can, we can. There isn't any reason why, despite the whole Wembley thing, we can't win the league next season. But minimum, I would agree. Um, let, let's try to aim. Let's try a challenge for the league. Um, and if we finish, if we if we fail and fall short, but we're still in the top four and we can win a trophy, that would be that would be acceptable. Um, the, okay, challenge, final... the challenge for sorry. next season, sorry to interrupt, but the challenge for next season will be to make it feel like we're not treading water until we we go to the new stadium, yeah. and that and that's that's going to be hard, you know, that's going to be mm-hmm. down to the support and it's going to be down to 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 Poch and, and the players, but uh, that that will be that that will be the challenge, and it'll be interesting to see how they do it. Just on this whole Wembley thing, um, right, the, the, the common theme amongst fans. And Pundits, Wembley is going to be difficult. And I'm not disputing that. But I think, David, you and I have talked about this before. Um, arguably, the season after that will also be difficult when we move into the new stadium. Yeah. But are we going to forevermore use that as an excuse? We just have to get on with it. Next season, we'll, we'll, we'll be at Wembley. Let's deal with that. Let's get next season out, out of the way. Then we'll have to deal with it again when we're in the new stadium. And then, uh, you know, we'll, 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 if we get some, if, if we if we win a few trophies, and dare I say, it, win the league, all of these arguments will be will be ac- academic. No one, everybody will even forget the fact that we talked about how difficult it was playing at Wembley. That will be something consigned to history. Um, talking of history, finally, final question: Ali Hassan, what piece of White Hart Lane would you like to have as a memento? David, if I come to you first. Oh, you know, I, I, uh, I will have quite quite comfortably. I'd have the cockerel on top of the roof. <laughs> I'd have a nice little garden piece. That'd be wonderful. But somehow, I don't think I'll be getting it. But that's what I would like. <laughs> Too obvious, I know. <laughs> Aaron. Yeah, that's what I was going to say as well. But I would settle for um, for a seed or a piece of the hoarding. Yeah. We had a similar question last week. I can't remember who, who it was that sent it in, uh, but, but, but the question was something that you could carry with you to Seven Sisters Station. So this question allows a bit more flexibility. Um, the cockerel, obviously, um, I, I requires a small flatbed. Really, that's all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I think, but yeah, for, for me, the cockerel. But um going back to the question that was asked last week about carrying something to the station i think at the time i, I referred to the sign above above um the players tunnel the, yes. the, the cockerel and and um i'm going to re- revise the answer based on what i saw yesterday and and it was the hoardings all the people taking the hoardings and somebody had taken one of i don't know it must have been like block 49 or something and oh, it just had wow. block 49 see i would like block 35 i really wish if if i could relive yesterday um uh i would yeah uh, that that's what i would like block block 35 something um the sign which is just above the the entrance uh which just says block 35 or turnstile you know whatever but that 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 would be nice something that Something that um, that means something to me. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, this was a penultimate podcast, the final, final, final podcast. I shall be recording a week today, next Monday evening. Um, 
I hope to have my co-hosts John Steggles and Bex on the pod, on the final pod. Um, all that's left to say is, David, thank you. Uh, thank you very much. Aaron, thank you. Thanks for having me. And as ever, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.